All right, welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today we have on the show the number seventh ranked middleweight, Derek Brunson, uh, someone I've never got to talk to before. So I'm actually really excited about this podcast. Um, he's coming off a huge main event win back in August. Uh, he's 3-0 and now uh, in his last three fights. Um, there's talks of Costa. There's talks of Kevin Holland. There's talks of Darren Till. There's a lot of rumors going around. There's a lot of... Uh, you know, back and forth banter. So let's see what's going on. All right, Derek, welcome to the show, bud. All right. Thanks for having me. Man, good to have you on, man. I can't believe I haven't had you on already. Big veteran and stuff. Yeah, I know. You've had more fights than I have in the UFC. You've had, what, 17 fights now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, about 17. Damn, yeah, it's man. been kind of quietly, huh? But yeah, I had quite a few in that by now. I think our, our paths kind of crossed, our careers kind of crossed over. I, I think my last final fight, which I was kind of already retired, was like 2015. And, and I think you're, okay. you're, you fought 2012, I think, was your first fight was leaving, right? Right, yeah, yeah, 2012, yeah. So we kind of crossed a little bit. Um, but cool, man. So what you been up to? How's everything been going and uh, what you been doing? What you've had like four months since your, your last dominant performance over Edmund? Yeah, it's been a while, you know, uh, just chilling, just training, you know, being a martial artist, the times that you're not fighting or preparing for a fight, you got to be really focusing on getting better, you know, because doing a training camp, you really can't get better. You know, you're just getting in shape and, you know, being sharper for that yeah. particular fight. Man, I want to say congratulations on your three fights in a row and awesome performance against Edmund. Um, he came in highly touted. I don't even know if he was the favorite or not, but if he was, if I remember correctly, that that's shocking considering, you know, he hadn't faced someone like you yet. And I think that answered a lot of questions because like, man, you, you dominated that. I think it was the second round and, and then he barely got out of that second round and then came back in that third and then it was over. But I was going to ask you, man, like you seem to have finished the fight there. It was the end of the second, right? Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like you finished the fight at that point. Um, did you agree with the fact that they let that fight continue going? Like, I, if I was the corner, I think I would have stopped that fight because, like, you – A, he didn't look like he wanted to go back out there, and B, you pretty much had him out with that last punch that landed. Yeah, I thought that was a ref's call. You know, when I, I, I hit him with the last punch, they could have stopped the fight there. Um, for a guy being undefeated, I guess it would be tough to kind of quit right there or for his coach, coach to throw in the towel. Because, I mean, maybe he can dig down and, you know, have a good third round. I mean, there's guys that made crazy comebacks. So, I mean, it's, it's a tough it's tough to call right there. But I think an undefeated fight, I think you got have to let him go there and, you know, let him find his way. You know, it's, it's, it's the fight game. Either win or lose. And, you know, going back out there, at least you have the opportunity. If you can, you know, get your wits about you, you have an opportunity to win. I agree with you in some points. Like, I think that that is true as far as undefeated fighter. You got to give him a benefit of the doubt. But that was a fight that could have changed his his whole mental state. Do you know what I mean? Like that, I mean, being the corner, not looking out for his safety or, or in my opinion, not looking out for his safety, that is a fight that could damage him forever. You know what I mean? Like, the, I mean, he, he took so much damage at the end and then he had to walk back out there and fight you and you were ready to go. He obviously wasn't. I just feel like it could be one of those fights that kind of affected him mentally and, and not a good way when they could have just stopped it, said, you know what? He give him this victory. Let's just go back, get better and come back and fight another day kind of thing. I don't, I don't know. It just seemed like one of those, it was a pretty pretty tough ending for him, you know, like it. I don't know. I, I, that's just how I feel. But either way, congratulations to you, sir. <laughs> I would I would have liked for it to end right there. You know, I wouldn't have had any problem with it, you know. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, he came back out and he showed, you know, he was poised. And the funny part about it, though, imagine if I wouldn't have turned it up on him right there and I would have gave him about a, you know, came out there and felt the round out, gave him about 30, 45 seconds to fill it out. I mean, he could have got it back together and, you know, finished strong. It could have been, it could have been one to one, you know, you never know. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fight game, you know. 
Yeah. No, you're absolutely right, man. You, you, you would be the type of fighter I wouldn't wanted to fight in my career. Like, I, I don't like to fight the clinchy and the wrestler fighters that, that can throw too. You know what I mean? Like, I, I've always wanted to strike and just fight strikers and people I can get out there and strike with. So, um, but what, what's going on right now with, with uh, is there any updates on your, your upcoming fights? I mean, I know that we'll go through three, I guess. Uh, it looked like you were calling out Costa a little bit on your Instagram. Then it looked like Kevin Holland was coming after you a little bit. And then now it looks like you and Till kind of have some kind of beef. So let's go start with Costa. Like, what, what happened with Costa? And, and is there anything coming of that? Man, uh, no, nothing coming out of the fight with Costa. I try to fight him several times. I mean, I don't think he wants any parts of me, you know. So he's a guy that after his fight, he wanted an instant rematch, which that wasn't going to happen. You know, a guy gets a title shot and you lose, then you got to go back to the drawing board, win a couple, get back in there. So I thought it was perfect. You know, a guy, I went three in a row, ranked, you know, seven. Um, for him to get his next fight, I thought that would have been a perfect match, you know, that UFC would want to set up, that he would want to take. And I think we had one of the two parties on board. I think the UFC would have made that match. But Costa, you know, they they weren't trying to to, to fight. So uh, then we just kind of shifted the focus. You know, anybody top five, that's what we're asking for. Anybody top right. five, going to put me in that rim to, you know, get a title shot, get a number one contender match. You know, I'm just looking for that because in my career, I've never gotten a title shot. But I fought all these guys who have gotten title shots. And I felt like, you know about this sport, it's a lot with timing. Like, you've seen guys with lesser competition that got easier routes to get a right. title shot versus a guy who fought all these guys and never got a title shot or fought all these guys and then got a title shot. So I'm just looking to, you know, finally get my title shot. So that's been my focus of trying to get somebody that's really going to put me in that uh, conversation of, of getting up. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. At, at least I blew both of my title shots. Like, I can at least look back and say I had two title <laughs> contention shots. I was supposed to fight Anderson Silva, and then I and then Travis Luter jumped ahead of me on the TV show. I was I, fought, I was number one contender when I beat Loazzo, uh, and then Luter jumped ahead because he won the TV show, and it was to fight the, for the championship. So I took a right. fight. I took a fight with Okami, blew that. Then I had a fight with Dan Hardy to fight GSP, blew that. So it's like at least I can look back and say I blew my own title shots. I didn't. I didn't like win a bunch of fights and never got a, a chance, or I you know got it got ahead you know whatever. But I was gonna ask you really fast. I'm gonna get sidetracked because uh, Anderson Silva was the fight of my dreams. Because now mind you, when I was gonna fight Anderson, when I was next in line, he wasn't the Anderson that became the legend Anderson. I mean, he had had like the Rich Franklin fight, the Chris Lieben fight. So he, we knew he was dangerous from his previous fights before UFC. And then when he fought in the UFC, but then after I ended up going down to welterweight and still watching his legend grow and grow and grow, that was always that fight that I was just like, wow, man, like I wish I could have had it. I mean, looking at it now, he, he's, he's, kind of like the same style as me, but just way better in every area. Probably wouldn't have been so good for me <laughs> considering <laughs> you fought him and pretty much beat him. I mean, everyone's pretty much in agreement that you won that fight. Uh, what was it, just just for my own like uh, curiosity, what was it like, man, preparing for someone like Anderson Silva and then getting in there and looking across and seeing him and fighting him? And then technically, I mean, sort of beat, you didn't win the fight, but you did, you know, like how, how was that? How was that experience? And, you know, and that's everybody, you know, everybody, Anderson Silva for so long has been like the measuring stick for everybody. So everybody wanted to have the opportunity to share the oxygen with him. And I always wanted that, too. And when I got the opportunity, you know, I jumped all over it, even though it was short notice and went out there. And, yeah, you know, it's funny. I look at like, what was it? I believe 2017, yep. like every MMA website named it robbery of the year you know yeah, i mean I saw that, that would have been cool to have on my resume a win over anderson you know so but yeah anderson is anderson he's tricky he's so good and it's it's funny 
or, or more so sad to, to watch him fight now in terms of right. he's still so good, but it's like some of the stuff that he got away with, he just can't pull it off. But it's like if he just cut back on some of the stuff that he can't get away with, then he can fight still. But it's like you can't teach a new dog, a, a dog, old dog, new tricks. Right. So it's at 22, it's like telling him not to do certain things is what he did his whole career. I mean, you look at Uriah Hall, you know, uh, I don't know what, seven, eight years younger. And he was doing a five round fight. He was doing very well. Like he won the first. He was winning the second. He got clipped with like 15 seconds in the second and probably swung that round. Then he won the third, I believe, or was winning the third. So technically he could have been up three to zero just how good he is. Like the guy is good at just keeping you guessing, uh, creating distractions, keeping the crowd in it keeping the judges watching like he threw some combinations at me and he didn't even land and the whole crowd was like oh and i'm yeah, like what yeah. i blocked that you know <laughs> so he's really good at like i think he's that guy who he'll just um come out and just feel things out for the first three or four three and a half minutes four minutes and then that last minute he start going crazy yeah. he start putting all types yeah. of things everything it's just like him and his crowd i mean him and his corner they scream something at like a one minute mark and he just tries to steal the round so yeah. like yeah it's just he's a he's a savvy and witty fighter for sure what about you and till is there anything coming of that i mean i, I see the banter online and stuff i saw the, the meme you put out and everything is there anything going to happen there I don't know. Uh, the UFC, I was told the UFC have other plans for Till. So, I mean, I don't know. I've been trying to fight these guys for years. But it's like some fights I can't land. Like you said, you don't want to fight certain guys. But, I mean, I'm sure you're just saying that. But I'm sure you would fight your fighter and you've been around the game. So, you'll fight anybody. But some of these guys really, they won't fight me. So, it's just, yeah. you know, unless the UFC make them fight me or if I'm ahead of them. If I'm ranked ahead of them by far and it's an opportunity for them, of course, they'll fight me. But, like, if we're, like, around the same rank, then they're like, oh, I'm good. So It seems like now there's you've got a lot more choices. The UFC is giving you more choices. We didn't – I mean, it's not like we didn't have choices, but the UFC told us who we were going to fight. And it was just like we were just – in our head, we were just programmed to say yes. And, and that we were fighters, and we just did it, you know? So, like, when I said I wouldn't want to fight you, like, if, if the UFC came to me and said fight Derek Bronson, I'd be like, okay, you know, no problem. We'll do it. I'm just saying, in my mind, I'd be saying, fuck. <laughs> like, there's better people I would rather fight than somebody who's going to you know, be a better wrestler than me that can take me down and, and not fight the fight that I want, which is like just a knockout you know, fight on the feet. And you can do that as well. you got great punching and, and, and strikes as well. So it seems like now they're, they're, they're allowing more options, and then there's more fights, there's more people. Um, who is it? I mean, we got Vittori. Uh, I had Vittori on the podcast just a while back. He's the one that took Till's place, fought Hermanson beat him uh, obviously Whitters at the top I don't know what's going on with Izzy um, who, who is it that you would like to to, to fight just is there any I mean, we want to see you fight again it's been what four months or something what who is it that you want to fight and and who is it do you think is the closest person to you actually getting in there with man um yeah I, I tried a lot of options you know I tried a lot and it's like it seems like Kevin Holland is the only guy that I'm getting traction on right now that yeah. you know and it's funny like I was offered a fight before. So I was ranked number seven and I was, I was offered number 10, which was Chris Weidman. And I'm like, listen, I want somebody, like I said, I told my manager, I told Ali, I said, listen, give me, tell the UFC, I'm going to fight somebody top five, a, a new matchup. Cause Romero was right there. He was number five, but I already fought him before. Like you said, I want everybody. I don't want to fight everybody's path or ideal of the toughest fights. I want to fight people who are on winning streaks, people who have a lot of hype, 
Like Romero, uh, we fought before. He won the fight. Uh, he lost four out of five. So, like, a guy like that, even though he's ranked, like, two ahead of me, I want somebody with buzz, you know, that people, you see the UFC got rid of him. So, it's like, they didn't really care about him anyways, right. you know? So, like, if I fight him, what is it, eliminator for who we don't care about? Right. Like, I want somebody with some buzz who the UFC care about. And, you know, if you, I've been in this game for a while, and I learned it, and I, and I watch, and I look, and I know who who they care about. I know who they want, who's getting pushed. So those are the guys I want to fight. I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight somebody that's on a severe losing streak. I don't want to fight somebody that's like, people are like, Oh, he's 40 plus, you know, we don't care about, it. I want to fight somebody that has a lot of buzz, you know? So like I said, whenever I got offered Chris Wyman, it was number 10. I was like, listen, UFC do better than that. Give me somebody ranked ahead of me. Chris Wyman is good. He's a former champ, but I want somebody that's going to get me a chance to, to reach a title. Yeah. That's fighting back. I just fought all these guys behind me, all these up-and-comers. Like, I really want to do this for me. All my coaches, everybody was on board with, like, yeah, we need to get a title eliminator next. Like, something, something big. Yeah. So, I, I was like, nah, we're not interested in that fight. Then they came and they said, uh, Romero, Ali was like, hey, we already fought him. You guys, we want somebody, you know, that's on a winning streak, that's, you know, up there, you know, that's, that's in the line for a title fight. We went three in a row. We feel we're in that, in that conversation with a win. Um, then we was offered Hermanson. On three weeks. Yeah. So I was asking for Manson about three months before that. He didn't have a fight. I didn't have a fight. I was asking for that fight. Nothing came about. Then, of course, three weeks. It was like, oh, okay, I'm over here eating cookies, doing yeah. stuff. You know, <laughs> I'm training, but I'm not training for a fight, doing cardio and stuff like that. And you're talking about a five-round fight um, with huge implications. You want to be, like, peaking and in really good shape. So it's like, I mean, you guys can't offer me a fight on three weeks' notice. Give me ample time to prepare for a fight right. and, and let something done you know so uh but I, like i said i think out of all the fights even though i hate it and i didn't want to fight backwards probably the her um holland's fight the guy with a lot of buzz that people are you know really high on and the ufc wants to make that fight so that probably be the next fight that uh that's made and honestly man looking at how things are going now with the ufc th this hype stuff is real i mean it's like bigger than ranking i mean you look at hamzai right now hamzai is not even in the top 15 but he's one of the most – he's literally one – you mentioned his name and it's a headline. You know what I mean? Like, is a, like, like, like he's, he is so hyped right now. And you can gain – Leon can gain so much by fighting him even though he's kind of taking a risk fighting downwards, kind of like what you're saying. So I can totally see what you're, what you're doing here with Holland. And, and if that fight happens, because, I mean, if you're, if you're down, he's obviously down. Uh, how do you see that yeah. fight playing out? Like, like, how do you see that fight going with you and him? Honestly, right now I feel like I'm really coming into my prime. So, like, um, I watched a couple of his fights, and, you know, like, I, I take in the good, I take in the bad. I was like, hmm, he's really good here. Um, he's not so good here. Um, he's average here. I look at everything. And, like, the last fight, I had to throw that out. That's a fight I throw out with Jacare. Nobody gets knocked out front and back. Like, Jacare fell asleep, you know, he took him down and, you know, relaxed, especially a guy like that. Imagine a guy with a BJJ as good as he is. And to sag back like that instead of like BJJ is about putting Close. pressure on guys. Pressure. Past. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like that was just super weird. I thought it was a freak thing. Yeah, it was a freak thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. It was just like guys just don't get knocked out front and back. It's like one of those things like Junior Dos Santos, Jacare is like, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, you guys taking enough, you know, maybe it's about time to retire. If, you, if you're not taking, if you're getting punched like that and, you know, you're getting days right there, I mean, Athletics don't last forever. And after athletics, you have your life and you want to have a healthy brain. So, like, if you, if you can't take shots like that, then, yeah, it's, it's probably, you know, time to, you know, I don't know, 
coach, you know, yeah. open the gym, you know, run a gym. Yeah. But anyways, uh, so yeah, I, I see myself just putting it on Hollins, you know. Um, I don't really see any one place that he's better than me. His cardio is not better than mine. His wrestling isn't better than mine. His striking isn't better than mine. Um, his BJJ isn't better than mine. So uh, he's a guy who he's been calling me out. He's been calling me out for the past yeah. three fights. And it's funny because I was going to fly him in to train with me for Izzy. And uh, I think after his fight, I was like, man, you look good out there. Good job. He's like, oh, man, it's such a blessing, such an honor to have a UFC guy um, talking to me. He was like a week before I was fighting the LFA. He was like, man, I'm so awesome. And then he went from that to calling me out. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm all about it, man. So there's a little bit of, a little bit of bad blood there. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and I know what you mean, obviously, about the Jack Ray fight, too. Like, there's, everything's about pressure with BJJ. And then also, when you do post up, you're supposed to know how far you can post up. And, and, and the BJJ guy is supposed to know that more than anybody. And that's why maybe him getting older and getting a little bit kind of like where he's at, he, his judgment's a little bit different to stay that close yeah. enough to still be hit that hard and so solid. I mean, that's... You, you know where you're at when you're posturing up, you know what I mean? Usually, usually. But I'm, you know, I'm not one to be as critiquing a BJJ guy of that level, but that just, that's just what it looked like to me. All right, I hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I have to thank our sponsors, our first being Manscaped, the official trimmer of the UFC, and now the official trimmer of the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast, and yours truly, Precision Engineered Tools for Your Family Jewels. And now you can save 20% and get free shipping by going to manscaped.com. M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com and entering code QUICK, which lets them know that I sent you, which helps the podcast because they get all these crazy orders from the podcast and it lets them know that we're doing our job. So you support the podcast, support yourself, you get 20% off and you get free shipping. Also great news. They are now available in Europe, Australia, and Canada. So pretty much around the world, you can order Manscaped. So go to manscaped.com, enter code QUICK, get your free shipping and get your 20% off today. And as always, the Real Quick with Mike Swig podcast is brought to you by AK Thailand, the world's premier luxury training resort here in Phuket, Thailand. You can go to akthailand.com right now and get 30% discount off all group training packages, whether that's one week, three weeks. That's an odd number, three weeks. Uh, <laughs> it's one week, a month, three months, six months, a year however long you want, and there's no expiration date. So anytime in 2021, anytime in 2022, anytime in 2023, whenever you want to come, you can come. You take advantage of the sale right now. You're in our POS, 30% discount. You can use it anytime in the future, but we can actually get you in right now. We have processed people in this month. They're already on-site training at AK Thailand that they've came in already this month. Um, we can do a special three-month visa for you right now, and they're processing very fast. We're very surprised how this is working. You do have to do a slight quarantine right now um, until this vaccine pass comes in where, you, you, you know, if you have the vaccine, you can actually come directly in. Um, but we can get you in. So if you want to come for three months or more and you're willing to do a two-week quarantine, hit us up at info at akthailand.com, and we can tell you how to process uh, your visa. We can help you out. We can send you an invitation. Get that going. Uh, also, if you have any questions at all about the gym or any anything else in general, info at akthailand.com. If you haven't seen the commercial and you don't know what I'm talking about, you don't know what gym uh, I'm talking about and what it looks like, here it is. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here 
AKA Thailand is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. So you're with Hoof now, and you're, you're, right. you've been with him for three fights, so you're 3-0 with Hoof? Right. So how's that, man? How, how is that? How, how, why did you go to Hoof, uh, and, and how is that training different and, and, and working for you now? Uh, well, I've seen Hoof around like for years. I mean, he's been around, you know, yeah, for sure. And and Overeem and all those guys were shot, all those guys for years. And I see him at events, and you know, he's just always really cool, really cordial. Um, he'll say what's up, he'll talk for a minute, and I just always felt good energy just being around him. And I always want to train like. Whenever I started this game, my thing was to train with Rashad. So I went down to Jackson to train with Rashad. John Jones was down there. We all you know, former team, they had some bad blood. Rashad started his own camp. I stayed down there because that's who I started with um, under Greg Jackson and, and the rest of those guys. And then, you know, after I started doing more of my camps at home, then that wasn't working for me because I just wasn't having enough bodies to get ready for these high level fights. So I get in there and my, my tank wasn't there because I haven't been pushed enough you know, going up, leading up to the fight. I wasn't tested enough. So, like, if I'm in a gym, you know, with these soccer moms and dads sparring with these guys, taking it easy on them, it ain't the same pushing when you have a guy just pushing you for, like, you know, three, five-minute rounds. Right. So, I was like, well, you know, let me try who fought, you know, um, um, Kamar Usman was there, Michael Johnson, Michael Chandler, all those, I knew all those guys. And I went down there, tried it out for a week, and then I was like, man, you know, I'm definitely gonna be back. You know, it's just a, just good vibes, good training, hard training. And um, Henry's a technician. You know, uh, he's a real guy. He lets you know. You know, he's like, you know, if if you're not in shape, if you're not paying attention to the like small things, you don't get your ass whooped. You know. And, and when he said that to me, I'm like, what? Ain't nobody whooping my ass. But you know, I need somebody that's gonna be realistic and and straight up with me. And that's the guy. He's definitely. You know, straight up and realistic. So with Henry Hooft, uh, during your fight camp, what is a normal week like for you as far as training? So we have a certain amount of sessions that we get in during the week. Uh, we'll have our sparring. We'll spar like twice. We'll go uh, BJJ about twice. Then we do conditioning. Um, we'll hit mitts, you know, uh, wrestling. And that's pretty much it. You know, everybody hit their sessions. We got a lot of top athletes that's, you know, working hard, getting ready for fights. So it's just go hand in hand and everybody's peaking at the right time and everybody's supporting each other. And then, you know, like they have somebody like Henry running drills and tactical and things that actually work in fights is great. You know, putting together good combos. You spar hard or is it more technical? I know it's changed over the years because we started out really hard and then it was bad for us. We missed a lot of fights. We had a lot of injuries. We had to tone it down a little bit. Like, where are you at with your sparring? So it's like, so when I'm, when I'm at home, I live in North Carolina, I have a gym out here. Um, it's technical sparring, like, like every session, you know, right. I'm just out here, you know, sparring with kids, sparring with, you know, pro fighters, you know, enthusiasts of kickboxing. So like, it gives me the opportunity to, to try, you know, 
rolls, slips, you know, let them punch at me because I'm not yeah. in such danger, but they're actually throwing legit punches. So yeah. they're not at the skill level where I can get away with some stuff so I can work on stuff. So it's like light sparring back at home. When I go out to Florida, it's like an in-between light and hard. So it's not like people trying to knock each other out, or but people are going pretty good to keep you honest, but not hard enough to get you eliminated from fights or right. get you injured um, before the fight. That's super smart, man. And what about on fight week? So when you when you show up for the fight, are you one of these guys that train really hard those first few days and, and try to get it in? Or do you just rest and relax and, and, and try to just get recovered for the fight? Yeah, I just rest, relax, uh, focus on the weight cut, just hit my workouts a day, try to get like two workouts in a day, walk around, eat up time. You know, with this COVID, it's been a lot a lot harder yeah. to walk around and do stuff. You know, it had to have been trapped in the room. So I bring my Xbox. I just chill out, you know, um, cut the weight, get, get a couple workouts in and um get to the fight you know when it comes friday i mean friday saturday yeah and and i know that uh you said about uh studying you were, you were talking about kevin holland and i like to ask guys at your level do you study your opponents hard like do you really watch a lot of tapes and study them hard i get fighters that say they do it's like it's like school for them and then i get fighters that say they don't even watch they just they just kind of train for everybody the same what, what is your what is your way of preparing for a fight as far as looking at tapes and studying your opponents and stuff so I'm like in between of what you just said. It's like I'll watch, but I don't I don't overly watch. So right. I'll look and I'm like, oh, okay, I've seen enough. Like I'll watch to look at some um what the people what the individual like to do, what are they really good at, what are they really bad at. I'll try to find those things and I'm like, okay, I'm good. So I don't need to watch any more video if I see what I need to see. And then it's from that that point on, then I'm working on, I'm worried about um bettering myself. I'm not really planning for where they're good at or whatever i'm understanding where they're good and things i need to watch out for but i'm the whole time i'm focused on getting myself better and, and being a better version of myself yeah that makes sense man and then i gotta ask you just because i'm sure a lot of people are curious so you started fighting in 2010 correct yes so you that would make you uh, 26 26 yeah. and you were a wrestler in college so that there's a little bit of time there between wrestling and fighting what what did you do during that time and then when was that transition to where you decided to be a, a professional MMA fighter and then pursue that full time? So a little bit after college, I was working. Uh, I got a bachelor's degree in criminal justice. Oh, nice. I was working um, in home therapy. So I was like kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. I was working with families on, you know, coping skills, anger management, just trying to coexist in society um, better. So uh, I was doing that for a couple of years and I just got the urge to compete again. So I went into a gym and I wanted to do like uh, freestyle and Greco wrestling. And all of the guys were like former college wrestlers and MM amateur MMA fighters. And I started training with those guys and I was a better wrestler of the group. So I'll take them down and then they were like, want to keep going. They want to start doing jujitsu. So yeah. then it was like, all right, I'll take them down. Then they're like, let's do jujitsu. I'm like, all right, cool. So then I started learning how to defend arm bars and triangles and start doing BJJ. And then a little after I started boxing and then I just kind of fell into it. You know, at first they were like, you should take a fight. I was like, no, nah, I just want to wrestle. There's like, ah, oh, no, you should fight. I'm like, nah. And then, you know, a couple months later, I was like, all right, cool. So I had two, I had a fight two months after training and then oh, wow. i had another amateur fight two months after that and then three months after that i went pro so it all happened fast was there was there something that clicked that really made you think like this is what i want to do like th this is what i definitely want my job to be yeah well day day one when i decided to fight so about a month and a half after training you know the wrestling and then i started learning bjj i was like okay if i'm gonna do it 
I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to be in the UFC. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, that, that was my goal. You know, I said, I'm going to definitely get there. And my goal was to get 20 fights in the UFC. That was my initial goal. All right. And it's funny, I, when I first started watching UFC, I was like, I, I used to watch Chris Lieberman. I was like, I can beat that guy. Like, I'll beat that guy up, you know. And then the first fight, I get called for Chris Lieberman. And my <laughs> manager's like, hey, uh, your debut's coming up. Um, they offered Chris Lieberman on 10 days notice. I was like, uh... All this time, I was like, I'll beat him up. And then I get an opportunity. I'm like, uh, I was like, yeah. And then I call him back. And I'm like, hey, man, um, actually, I'll just wait. And he's like, I already told him yes. I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> so, That's so funny. <laughs> he's a tough dude, man. That's funny. That's funny. That's your first fight in the UFC. That was my last fight before the UFC. <laughs> Chris Levin. Oh, yeah, yeah. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, um, since you're obviously you know, having huge fights now, fighting main events, winning main events. What and I've seen you with Mike Tyson and some other cool stuff on your Instagram. What is one uh, fame moment that you've had where, you know, you would never have this this specific moment if it wasn't for where you were in fighting and and getting the fame and and all this type of stuff that that's just real memorable for you. Dang, that's a, that's a. I know it's hard. You probably have a lot. <laughs> yeah, because MMA, it's like being a professional athlete. It changes your life, um, in terms of you make the type of money that you wouldn't be able to make in, in regular right. living, you know? Yes, so it's a matter of, I mean, like you said, meeting Mike Tyson. I mean, I've been all around the world, you know, Australia, New Zealand, Brazil, you know, all those places I wouldn't have went. Like I might've went to one or two, you know, but I've, I've had a lot of opportunities to just travel, you know? So like, it's a lot. I think, I think all those things in combination, um, training with some of the top athletes, training with some of the top, uh, NFL, NBA players, you know, that I watched growing up, you know, just being in South Florida and that's like a hotbed for athletes. So a lot of those things that I probably wouldn't have never done if I wouldn't have fought. Yeah. And not to bring it down to be negative, but just the, uh, to the listeners, uh, that, that might, you might get some insight here. What is the hardest part? Would you say of being a professional fighter in the UFC? Like what is one of the, the, the most kind of roughest parts for you? Man, it's, it's, it's tough in terms of, I've seen a lot of guys come and go and I've seen a lot. I remember my, was it my, my 10th pro fight? I was nine and oh, and I fought Kendall Grove on a lower show and I got robbed in that fight. But the, the, the thing of that fight is that it was like 12 UFC vets on that card. And guys were like, man, if I lose this fight, man, this like my last money in my bank account. And they were like former athletes. So that's the thing is that in this game, you have to be smart with your money. Yeah. You, you know, you have to market yourself. You have to take your money, start a gym, um, do other things, manage fighters, run a fight promotion. You know, even if it's not fight related, use the money that you made in fighting to invest in something else because yeah. athletics don't last forever. And I've seen a lot of guys go through it because they get in there and they spend all their money and then they, they these managers take a lot from them and they got to pay taxes and all this other stuff and then they're left with nothing so i would think that's the hardest thing as far as like you know maintaining in the mma world is just making sure that taking care of your brain taking care of your body and leaving the game with something that's that's cool man and that's actually the last thing i was going to ask you um you know not that you're old you're obviously uh, i would say pretty much in your prime but you are you are obviously getting up there and and i was already in business back when i was in my 30s um preparing for you know after my career and then now i have a company here in in thailand and stuff um do you have anything that you're working on right now as far as business uh, alongside your ufc career and then also where do you see yourself in 10 years like what ideally do you want to do once fighting is over that you would actually enjoy doing um yeah i have a lot of things going on i actually have a uh, pretty nice gym we're in the um 
the big mall in our in Wilmington, North Carolina. Like we're right next to JC Penney's, like like oh, yeah. retails. I and mean, it's pretty nice layout. So yeah. I got that. Uh, I manage fighters. Um, I got a fight promotion. So I do a lot. You know, I try, I try to stay busy. Um, probably in the next 10 years, probably really want to get into real estate. Maybe open another gym. Gyms are tough. You know, gyms, you know, they're more hobbies and, and pain in the butt unless you got the right little niche. And just yeah. from running my first gym, just trial and error, I learned a lot. So I think going into another one, I can do a, a lot better just getting a great location and stuff like that. So I would say definitely in the next 10 years, probably get a, maybe get another gym and really get some real estate stuff going. Awesome. All right. So I need a couple breakdowns from you. First off, uh, Edwards versus Chimaev. We talked about already a little bit, but uh, how do you see that fight going? That's a tough one. Um, experience plays a huge, huge role when it comes to fighting. And Chimaev, I believe he would definitely, you know, I think he's going to get a super test pretty soon here. Maybe his wrestling is is enough to beat um, Edwards, but I'm not counting Edwards out. You know, um, yeah. if I had to pick somebody, I might slightly go 51-49 Edwards, um, just with the experience, and and I think he'll be the far better striker. I think Chamayev would have to take him down and gobble up some time on top. You know, but ultimately, I think he can get back to his feet and and really win on his feet. You know, when when every you know when the exchange is on his feet, so. Um, that's a close fight. Maybe I slightly, slightly lean towards Edwards. Yeah, very likely, man. Definitely. Uh, and then obviously Conor McGregor's coming back fighting Dustin Poirier for the second time. So now you have Dustin Poirier, who's a little bit more experienced in fighting Conor McGregor. Obviously, he's been doing really well. And then you got Conor McGregor coming back, who's always dangerous. You know, especially in that the beginning of the fight. What is your take on that fight? I think Conor just haven't been active, and Poirier has been active. Um, I think Poirier wins this fight. I think he wins pretty good, too. I think he looked good doing so. He's just been really active, you know. Uh, I know Conor got him the first time, the first time, but now they both know who each other are and they know what to train for. And Dustin is, you know, he's he's in his groove. He's rolling. He capped, captured an uh, interim title belt, and he's just been fighting a lot. So I, I think he wins this fight pretty good. Yeah. Cool, man. Have you? We were talking about traveling earlier. Have you been to Thailand? I haven't. That's like that's the next place I want to go. My fiance wants to go for our honeymoon. So yeah, we're gonna definitely get there. Well, I tell you what, man. When you decide to come to Thailand, hit me up and okay. uh, come down to Phuket, and I got you, bro. Like I got a real nice place, two acre compound. It's like a it's like a college campus kind of gym. It's kind of like okay. a little fight city. We got a restaurant. We got multiple buildings and training facilities on a two acre property, right mountainside in the jungle on this island in, in Phuket. So uh, we'll get some training in. We'll take you and, and whoever you bring uh, through the islands and, and cruise the islands and, and do some really cool okay. stuff with animals and, and, and the water and stuff. So whenever you do come to Thailand, I got you, bro. Just hit me up, and, uh, and we'll show you a great time. All right, will do. And listen, man, I appreciate you taking the time out for doing the podcast. It's been great to talk to you, man. I never got to talk to you, and uh, a big fan of yours. I love watching you fight. I look forward to seeing who you're going to fight next. And I'd love to have you back on the show whenever you do get an opponent just for a quick update, see how you're doing, and, and see how fight your fight camp's going. Sounds good. Nice talking to you. All right, brother. Take care. All right, see you. All right, Derek Brunson. Very good podcast. That was, that was enjoyable. Um, so, yeah, it looks like uh, it might be Kevin Holland. That's, that's an interesting fight. And, you know, it, it, these fights like Leon Edwards and Hamzai and, 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 you know, if he takes this fight with Kevin Holland seems risky because these guys aren't as ranked. But it's like with this hype in this day and age, it's everything, you know. So, like, you still gain a lot by, by beating these guys. 
Um, and I actually think that's a really good fight. Kevin Holland is doing really good right now. Um, he's a very dynamic striker. I agree with um, Brunson's take on the fight with Jacare. Um, I do think there were some mistakes made, and it wasn't the same Jacare um, of, of past times. So it'll be an interesting test to see where Kevin Holland is in a Brunson fight. Brunson's just all around a good fighter, and I just think that's going to be a great fight. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's going to be something to look forward to. It sounds like that's what's going to happen. Uh, either way, it'll be a good something. Something good will happen, and we'll definitely get him back on the podcast and get an update, see how his fight camp's going, see how he's doing. And, uh, yeah, so I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you uh, took something from it. Please leave us a comment on YouTube. We love interacting with you guys. Remember, all the podcasts are posted on YouTube first, nine hours ahead of time before all the other platforms. We're on every platform uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, everything you can imagine. But we post everything on YouTube first because we want the comments. We want to know what you think. We want to know um, your input, um, critiques, you know, whatever it is we want to know. Um, and we love interacting with you as well and answering your questions and your feedback. And we just appreciate the, the support. So subscribe, click the bell, tell your friends, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>